And welcome back, everybody, to the Freaking Awesome Podcast, and this is episode 26. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> let's kill that bass head. Alright, let's do this. I'm on the air, we on the air, we got this pockets flow. It's me and Tony on the mics, we gotta let you know. Of current events, little gaming, sprinkling some entertainment. We stay humble, but our mom still thinks we're famous. Turn up the bass and baby, maybe let that magic flow. I spoken word is all the things you really wanna know. Having a good time on the show, T Bows and Maddie G. Tune in and hit subscribe and join us on the FAP. Welcome everybody to the Freaking Awesome Podcast. I am your host and sitting across from me is the man with the lyrical plan, Maddie G. Yeah, yeah. Today on our show, we welcome a man of many faces. Uh, chances are you know him without ever really knowing him. Uh, he's gone by many names, such as Commander Keith, Howard Sands, Rotten Roland, Herc Armstrong, Norman Osborne, John J. Rambo, Dr. Doom, Fing Fang Foom. If you haven't guessed it already, uh, today we have none other than the cartoon voice of, like the voiceover god, <laughs> Neil Ross. Neil, thank you very much for joining us. Oh, thank you. I'm often referred to as a man of a thousand vices. Uh, voices. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're really excited to have you on the show. I, I can't tell you, like, my inner childhood is, like, screaming right now. <laughs> yeah, we're pretty pumped. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's funny. When, when we did these things, nobody thought anybody would remember them more than, you know, 15 minutes. And to... Uh, have you know people like because this happens to me all the time at conventions and when I do these kinds of things and it's just it's an unbelievable gift to be remembered you know after all this time I I can't tell you how gratifying it is. Well, you have an an unbelievable gift being able to to do what you do. Uh, I mean, I, I'm I don't know. I, I mean, who would have known that cartoons uh, and then a lot of them, be, of course, based off comic book heroes would would have such an impact with today's generation of moving on, right? I mean, you've got a lot of people in power positions that would look back and say, hey, I was a massive fan of Transformers, and that's what I grew up on. Yeah. It's so. pretty amazing. It's uh, uh, more than I could have possibly hoped for. Mm-hmm. Well, you want to find your way into the the average uh, 40-some-year-old's heart. You, you bring up old cartoons from their past. And, yep. <laughs> and they'll just nerd out like a big child. <laughs> Oh, that that's the target group somewhere between forty five and fifty five. That's my that's my crowd. That well that it's sometimes a, they yeah, well, sometimes you even, younger people show up and I can never figure out how they discover these shows. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Matt Matt's a little bit under that demographic, but uh he you know, we were looking through your list and he's like, Yep, yep, yeah. yep. <laughs> yeah, like so. it's funny, like I well, see I was born in eighty seven, but um all my cousins are older, so I grew up, you know, watching videotapes and and, th- and old cartoon shows, and that's what I grew up on. And um, so I have actually gotten to experience a lot of the work that you've done. So it's pretty exciting for me. Yeah, I've I've got friends um, in the Toronto area who, when they found out uh, Neil Ross was coming on the show, like their brains exploded. <laughs> um, and and it wasn't like I had to say, hey, he did this voice. Like they knew who you were. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's wonderful to hear. You you know, I used to be a Canadian, right? Yes, yeah, from the Montreal area, which was even better. Like, we had two Canadians on the show recently. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. That's, that's beautiful. We we actually just had uh, Sash Jordan on the show. Ah, so, good for you. Yeah, from also from that Montreal area when yeah. she when she landed. Uh, yeah. So uh, let's lead into uh, into today's uh, news. Sure. All right. Uh, do you want to take this one, or you want me to start? Uh, no, I can start. All right. Yeah, because I have, I have a couple shorter ones okay. too. So, Sounds good. um, righty. So I'm going to bring you guys actually some, uh, we, we, we seem to get a lot of U.S. news. Um, so these two are actually here, right here in Ontario. So Ooh, this is homegrown news. Even better homegrown. So, um, <laughs> here we go. We do stupid stuff too. <laughs> um, Ontario teen gets harmonica stuck in mouth and sent to hospital. So go on. Yes, I have. This is pretty funny. <laughs> so learning to play the harmonica is one thing, but getting it stuck in your mouth and being unable to remove it should revoke your harmonica playing privileges. Uh, that's what happened to Molly O'Brien, an Ontario teen in the Ottawa area, 
managed to shove the instrument into her mouth, which stretched out her cheeks, and she couldn't remove it. Uh, quote, honestly, it's it's nature's wonder on how it went in. <laughs> so she, she, <laughs> she was a good sport about it, right? And I think that's kind of what made this article quite funny. Yeah. Um, so before informing her parents and seeking medical attention, O'Brien decided to throw her predicament up on TikTok. Uh, so that's like the, that's like, the let's new... admit she was using TikTok <laughs> just to record the, yeah. Okay. Go, go on. Uh, yeah. So, um, kids. <laughs> so in her, in her video, she explained, I did a bad thing. <laughs> and then she goes ahead to unveil that she had shoved the whole harmonica in her mouth. But was fu- what was funny is every time she would breathe or laugh, it would play the harmonica. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Anyways, yeah, so she captured the video with a message about going to the children's hospital uh, in eastern Ontario in the Ottawa area, and uh, doctors there referred her to a dentist who was able to remove it without any injury, and uh, she quoted the the dentist, and he said, "Uh, let's not do that again, okay? (laughs) So, So cute little article. Yeah, a couple things about that. I, I mean, first of all, what what generally makes someone want to shove a harmonica fully into their <laughs> mouth other than the, hey, I can put this in my mouth? You know, like the old thing where kids are like, I can put my whole fist in my mouth. Yeah. Um, there's so many things pop up about that that ends up becoming inappropriate <laughs> in this day and age that I don't think you want to be posting it on social media. It's true. Um, but I guess the big question I had was, your average hospital couldn't have removed that, that I, they had to refer to a dentist? Right, yep. Apparently the hospital couldn't do it. Uh, why it doesn't say i tried to dig because i'm like that doesn't make any sense uh, but uh, oh. canadian right <laughs> I, i'm pretty sure down in down in the states uh, and i don't well, <laughs> any of you have you either one of you guys ever had a root canal oh yeah i haven't uh, but uh. well i can tell you from personal experience if anybody knows how to get your mouth nice and wide open <laughs> <laughs> yes I, I, dentist. So. yeah yeah it's true it, they it, it's too bad that the uh, that the grill uh, phase is over. That fad, remember? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah with the teeth. Yeah, <laughs> yep. yeah. She could have she could have just left the harmonica <laughs> there and said it was a, a grill, and, and plus she could play she, a little tune. At yeah, the I mean, she, changed her name learned? to Lil O'Brien. <laughs> while while she was waiting for them to get uh, extricate this thing. Uh, did she learn how to play the blues? <laughs> I was just going to say, like, proper tongue placement. She could have been belting out great music. Right. And she didn't even need a yeah. holder. You might as well get a guitar going at the same time. So yeah, yeah. the funny story, I actually play a little bit of harmonica. And okay. uh, I know, I, I don't even know. I swear I to God, man, if you say something about skin flute, I am out of here. <laughs> no, no, no. <There's, laughs> that's funny. Uh, no, I, I don't even realize. I found one. It was my grandfather's old harmonica. Okay. And... Uh, he used to. There was a music store that they. He would have it cleaned and stuff, and he hadn't played it in forever. And he said, "Here, I I haven't played this in years. It's it's clean. Have have a go at it." And yeah. so, um, at a young age, I actually taught myself how to beatbox. So I started beatboxing and playing the harmonica yeah. in between the the beats. Okay, and it would make a really really cool sound. So I used to take it to school, and people would get me to do it for them. And that's so, pretty fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah and it's cool. kind of fun. So yeah, I think I dabbled in harmonica for a little bit. Yeah, but yeah, how'd it go? That was fine. Are you a are you a great big C or a hootie in the blowfish? No, no, no I wish it was a blues travelers. That guy could really build. Yeah, he could. He can. He can get it out there. Yeah, crazy. Uh, all right, so my news article. Uh, the title states: Domino's wants you to propose with this nine thousand dollar engagement ring. Uh. When the when the moon hits your eye like a big pizza pie, uh, that's amore, and and it seems that uh, Domino's wants to cash in on this. Um, what they have is they've had someone create a nine thousand dollar engagement ring that the top looks like a jewel encrusted pizza slice. Oh my gosh! Yeah. So it basically on on Monday in a Domino's in Australia. Uh, they showed off the design for this diamond ring uh, that's encrusted with, like, you know, rubies for pepperonis and sa- or, uh, emeralds for little uh, peppers and stuff like that. Um, and they they basically want to do a promotion in the hopes that one lucky person will will say that I cheese you 
What I the? choose you. <laughs> um, so anyways, cheesy. Yeah. So they're, they're giving one lucky pizza lover the chance to win uh, this ring by popping the question with this diamond sliced pizza and uh, as a surprise. Now, you have to film um, – well, I'll basically say like in, in order to – uh, anybody's open. Uh, well, they, they didn't state if it's like a global thing or if you have to be a resident of Australia. But anybody that they deem worthy in this, uh, I guess, yeah, in this competition, yeah. all you have to do is uh, basically fill out an entry form and a submission with a 30-second video entailing how you would involve pizza in your proposal. Okay. And uh, you could have a chance of winning a $9,000 ring. Uh, now, so I've seen the picture of the ring. It's god awful looking. It's oh. $9,000. I saw the picture too. But I <laughs> I don't like if I gave that to Kelly, she'd kick my ass and I'd never be allowed to eat pizza again. No, my Ashley'd be like, "I hope you enjoy that pizza cuz that box is where you sleep from now on." <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah. Uh, that's Neil, are you a, a pizza fan at all? No, I oh. I don't eat carbohydrates. Oh, oh, excellent. Yeah. Well, I, I wish ex- I could. Excessive carbohydrates. Yeah. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Are I, you like, uh, do you eat like uh, a lot of meat and stuff like that? Do I eat a lot of what? Uh, meat? Not, I have some protein. It, mostly it's vegetables. Yeah, okay. That's, nice. That's the good way to live nowadays. Yeah. I, I wish I was a, you know, I, I don't, I don't want to say I wish I was a vegetarian, but because I, I really do like meat, but I wish I, I consumed more fruits and vegetables in my day. That's, that's something I have to change. Yeah. It's funny. It's we, good, though. Oh. I don't know. Diet's such a funny thing now. Like it used to be such a taboo thing to talk about, and now yeah. it comes up more chalantly. I find in yeah. conversation these days. Yep. It's like, oh yeah, I'm doing paleo, or you know what I mean. Like yeah. it, it comes up. I don't know more often these days. I find than it did like ten years ago. Yeah. Still, still a little trendy. Yep. Cool. Yep. All right, Matt. What do you got on the next news? All righty. So, uh, yeah, double Ontario. Another another news article. All right. So. Um, Article states, OPP arrests wanted man hiding in pine tree after running with coyote. Okay. So in Huron County, here in Ontario, mm-hmm. uh, provincial police say they've arrested a wanted man thanks to the suspect's ill-fated run with a coyote. Mm-hmm. Um, they say someone called for about a suspicious pickup truck at around 2 a.m. on Tuesday, and the police began investigating. They saw a man's footprints and cautious, or sorry, curiously, uh, what looked like coyote footprints alongside them. Officers followed the footsteps and found a man hiding 10 meters up in a pine tree. They say the man claimed that the coyote was chasing him and climbed up, and he climbed up the tree to avoid the attack. Um, but they say it turns out that the man had been wanted on outstanding charges, uh, which they didn't disclose. So they actually <laughs> arrested him once they got him down from the tree. So, which, thank you, Coyote. Which brings me to my next segment, Brad, the crime-fighting Coyote. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Actually, it's really funny because all I could think of is he if he if he was on the run and chased by a coyote, would he wear a roadrunner outfit? <laughs> oh. I would be great. <laughs> oh, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Who doesn't like a good old uh, coyote chase? Yeah. Now the coyote is the mayor of that town. Yeah, should be. <laughs> um, yeah, what is it up in Alaska? I think there's a, a cat that's like the the, the official the unofficial mayor. mayor. Yeah. yeah, because they don't actually have a mayor. They deemed that it was like mayors are generally the the corrupt part of the government. So they they basically voted for this cat. Sweet. Yeah. Oh. Do they have anything else statewide that way, uh, Ross? Where where animals are are running as mayor? Or is that just an where Alaska animals thing? Are- where animals are running for what? As mayor. Oh no, not 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 that I'm aware of. No. no. <laughs> uh, yeah. Apparently, Alaska have... and and somewhere else I thought was doing a. It was a cross between a a goat and a police dog. <laughs> yeah. Like what? Yeah, that was running for mayor. <laughs> yeah. I'd vote for the goat. Really? Yeah. I, I thought the police dog. No. no. Too cliche. Yeah. Fair enough. We have three cats who think they're actually in charge of this house. <laughs> but that's probably not what you're looking for. No. <laughs> yeah. Oh, good old cats. They're like, I've got a cat and a dog, and, and the cat definitely, she sits uh, high and mighty on her perch. My wife told me a freaky fact, actually. Mm-hmm. She said, if you die in your house, your cat will eat your face, uh, where your dog will actually kind of like mourn your death. And yeah. uh, now I'm scared to have a cat. 
That's true. That's true. Yeah. I'm often reminded of a uh, an old, um, I think it was Dennis Leary, who, who had talked about, because he had a cat. Yeah. And um, he found that fact out. And he pondered it for days because someone had, he was talking about like beef. And, and someone had said, well, beef is murder. And he's like, no, beef's a hamburger. And, and she's like, well, a, cow, a cow's an animal. He's like, a cow's a maid to be a hamburger. And she's like, well, it's no different than your cat. Would you eat your cat? And he's like, no, I wouldn't eat my hat. The cat, that's disgusting. And he said he got home later and he was like, wait a minute. If I died and that this fact says that a cat would eat me, would I? Well, fuck yeah, I'd eat my cat. <laughs> <laughs> so, and he says, then I looked at my cat that day and said, you're dreading on thin ice. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Good bit. Well, our favorite line around here is that dogs have owners and cats have staff. Yep. <laughs> yeah. That's true. That's true. <laughs> That's true. Oh, goodness. Oh. Um, so another article I had was a doctor thought a woman who ate a marijuana cookie was suffering a stroke. Oh, great. Yeah. So an elderly woman uh, was recently rushed to the hospital, fearing that she'd suffered a stroke. Uh, it turned out to be that she was just high from eating a marijuana cookie. Um, the, the bizarre case detailed uh, in a new case report published by the Journal of Emergency Medicine uh, the 64-year-old showed up to the emergency room complaining of acute uh, right upper and lower uh, extremely, uh, extremities that were extremely weak, and she had altered speech. Uh, the doctors immediately suspected a stroke, and uh, as she was speaking really slowly and feeling really weak, um, particularly in her right leg, but the CAT scan showed no sign of bleeding in the brain, and an X-ray, MRI, and an electrocardiogram all came up blank. Huh. Um, after a very short time, uh, the, the high wore off and the doctors probed further as, uh, then she mentioned she was eating a cookie that was brought into their senior center by some questionable character. Oh, what? Um, Who does they, that? Right? Uh, oh, no, I know. <laughs> like, I, I feel like totally wrong that they would do something like that. But I guess in this particular case, like she was actually really lucky that the high came down because they were going to put her on, uh, something that would have, if she was not having a stroke, would have killed her. Oh, really? Yeah. So people, if you're baking pot cookies or pot brownies and you think you're having a laugh, don't give them to the elderly. Yeah, like, just enjoy them on your own. Don't slip them into people's food. Uh, it, it's not cool. It's really not. Well, I mean, that's yeah, it's illegal. Yeah. You know, drugging yeah. somebody. Yeah. It's messed up. Yeah. Well... Any any follow up to that story? Like was no. she she oh, was fine. Yeah, she's totally fine. Yeah. Totally fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally fine. Yep, she yeah. was released and sent back to the the nursing home. Little little weary of cookies going forward. Oh, I I would be. <laughs> so if that happened to me, well, well you know thing, what? <laughs> Go ahead, Ross. Or Neil. The thing the thing about edibles is they, you know, unlike you know, when you're drinking, you kind of feel yourself going in a certain direction, or if you're smoking, you feel yourself going in a certain direction. But you eat uh, an edible and nothing happens. And then an hour later, like somebody threw a light switch, you, right. can, suddenly see your, you can suddenly see your own DNA. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Let's say you wake up in somebody <laughs> else's pants. <laughs> yeah. I've heard that, though. Yeah. yeah. You know, I've, yeah. My, uh... I, I, have, I, have, I have a couple of very funny stories along those lines, but this is probably neither the time nor the place. Oh, no, this is a turn. Oh, go on. This is the time. <laughs> this is exactly what we love to hear. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's great. Everybody loves to know a, a funny story, especially something that was related to to a. But you guys are absolutely right, and that's the public service portion of this program. I have absolutely <laughs> no. I love. I, have, I, 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 as we used to say in the islands, I have no aloha for people who slip other people drugs on the fly. That ain't funny. Yeah, no, no it's true. No, it's true. Yeah. Right. And, and, and now, the, now you know, and knowing is half the battle. G.I. Joe. <laughs> My God, I was hoping you'd say that at some point. <laughs> oh, it was already it was already sounding off in my head when, when you were saying the word no and knowing. I was like, oh, God, is he going to say it? <laughs> oh, my gosh. So good. Hi. Yeah. Here, this, this, this is shipwrecked. And... Uh, don't slip people drugs on the slide. And if you have to, just give them half. <laughs> <laughs> I don't now remember you know. seeing that episode. Yeah. <laughs> I think we did record one like that. I don't know if it ever got on. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, 
<laughs> Maybe we should just cut it at the, at the don't slip of drugs. <laughs> oh, my really, gosh. So I, I have to ask you about uh, Shipwreck here, just since you brought him up. Um, he was he was a very interesting uh, character on, on the G.I. Joe because he was a Joe, but he wasn't like the average Joe. He, he mm-hmm. kind of walked a thin line between the two zones, didn't he? Well, yes. That, that's what made that one of the most interesting characters I ever got to play, because if you remember G.I. Joe, the good guys were really, really good, mm-hmm. and the bad guys were really, really bad. But then there was Shipwreck, who was a Joe, but he was kind of insubordinate. And he liked to do things his own way, and so he would go off and do it his way and get into all kinds of trouble, which made, you know, he was a conflicted character. It was an interesting character to play. And reminded me of guys that I knew when I was in the Navy, particularly career guys. They've been in long enough. They know how to work the system, and they mm-hmm. skate along just this side of insubordination. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they've always got a they've always got a scam going. Yeah. So, uh, did Did you get yeah, to kind of was, draw from was, those people that, when you were creating this character? I'm sorry. So when you were when you got the the shipwreck character, did you kind of draw from those people as the inspiration for for this character? Yes, it was helpful. I mean, you know, you you got to go where the script uh, takes you. Yeah. And of course, I don't, I don't know if you guys know the backstory of 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 how that how that voice casting session went and how I ended up getting that part. I can tell you that if you want. Or yeah, definitely. please go ahead. Yeah. Well, I I showed up at uh, Wally Burr's place on Ventura Boulevard all these many years ago, and they had a drawing on the wall, picture of a sailor, and they had a one or two paragraph description of the guy. And I went in and I did a couple of takes on the copy that they had. And I could tell everybody was underwhelmed. And uh, I couldn't think of anything else to do. And I was about to say, okay, thanks. See you later. And a guy over in the corner looks at me and he says, "Have did you ever see the movie The Last Detail? Hmm. And fortunately, I had. Okay. And the last detail is a movie that Jack Nicholson did, and he was actually nominated for Best Actor. Mm-hmm. Didn't win that year, but, you know, came out of nowhere with that nomination. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, the picture got forgotten because very quickly after that, he did uh, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest in Chinatown. Oh, yeah. And people, people kind of forgot about the last detail, but it's about a, a career a military guy, sailor, enlisted guy, uh, who's kind of a, a, a foul-up. And he and another guy get assigned this uh, detail to take a prisoner to a naval prison in Portsmouth, and they decide to show this guy a good time before he has to do eight years in the pen. Mm. And they get into all kinds of crazy misadventures. I think it's still on YouTube. If you put in the last detail bar scene... That's what I was thinking as I did this audition. Oh, okay. And, and I, had, I had done this voice for a number of years. I, I called it my all-purpose stoner voice. <laughs> yeah. Kind of a guy, you know, who had one too many brownies and didn't yeah. really know where it was. People would occasionally say, you know, that sounds a little like Jack Nicholson. Okay, yeah. So when this, when this guy said, did you see the last detail, I thought, wow, what if I took the stoner guy and got him full of coffee and hyped him up, what would I have? And I went into the audition with that voice that ultimately became the shipwreck voice. That's and when cool. I was through, the guy in the corner said, you got it, which is usually the kiss of death, but <laughs> not in this instance. About a week later, I got the call that I had the part. That's amazing. The rest you know. Yeah, that's crazy. yeah, that's really cool. Oh. Is that um? You, you, sorry, I just caught something. You said the when somebody says you got it, that's a kiss of death. Is so that in the is that a bad thing in the industry if somebody thinks you nailed something, or is that like? Well, I don't know what motivates people to do this, but there are times when you will do an audition and they'll go, "That was wonderful." Okay, you have no idea. I mean, we've had 50 people in here. They were horrible. And you did exactly what we wanted. Are you available tomorrow? Well, I think so. Uh, What about 2 o'clock? I I think I could manage. Okay, buddy. I mean, we're just so thrilled. 
See you tomorrow. <laughs> you never, never hear. <laughs> okay. Okay. Oh, wow. Yeah. No. That's the. Uh, we. I would have never known that. So. Yeah. That's. Yeah. Uh, that's very interesting. That's almost like like break a leg on stage. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Just total if, if total smoke say, show. Yeah. You're like, hey, good luck. That was the worst thing you can say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. you're cool. Wow. Um, so, so when he when he said you got it, I thought, oh, no, oh shit! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I'm not available tomorrow at two. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He says, oh, you got. It. You're like, ah, oh, crap. <laughs> you just walk out. <laughs> um, so, speaking of uh, some of your characters, uh, you one thing that really gets me is, so you played the Green Goblin. On, on Spider-Man back in, in 81 and then mm-hmm. again in the 90s. Yeah. That, that's uh, amazing. Well, yeah, it, it, it kind of was. And uh, I was not in a hurry to tell the guys in 95 that I had done it in 81. Yeah. Uh, you know, but frankly, I barely remembered doing it. The interesting thing about the 95 show, which was Spider-Man and his amazing friends, was I also got to do Norman Osborn, which I hadn't in the past. Somebody else had done that. Yeah. So so I got to do... Uh, Both personas. Where I'm flipping back and forth between the Green Goblin and, and Mr. Osborn. Now... And somebody... Somebody sent me a scene that's up on YouTube, and I... God, I have no memory of doing this, or... They wanted to know, you know, did you do that all in one take or did you do two separate takes and somebody cut them together? And I don't remember. I, 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 I'd like to think I did it all in one take, but mm-hmm. I just don't remember. I was, gonna, I was trying to think uh, when you said that at the episode because I, I remember seeing well, almost all the Spider-Mans back then because that was actually my favorite time for Spider-Man was back in the 95. That was my Considering favorite Considering I grew up with the 80 version. Yep. Um, but uh, I was wondering, is that the scene where he's, he's looking in the mirror and he's talking, but it's like he sees himself yeah. both as, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that yes, was great. Yeah. Wow, I couldn't. I can't even rema- remember. And I heard they the actually drew from that scene in the cartoon yeah. in the movie, like the two thousands movie, where, where um, uh, Willem Dafoe. Yes, yes, I yes. heard Willem Dafoe was was influenced by that one. As so well. that's really cool because I mean, I mean, you just see it, you know, years later and drawing from the cartoon side, like yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah, so look at that. You... Yeah, I, 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 other people have suggested that, and I, I, I can't confirm or deny. I mean, Willem Dafoe doesn't need any acting lessons from me, trust me. But, uh, <laughs> but it's nice it that would, people get influence. Nice, it would be nice to know that they took a peek at it. That would be fun. Yeah, absolutely. Well, if we're ever so blessed enough to have Willem Dafoe on the show, we will ask. Yes. Yes, we will. Yeah, please yeah. do. Yeah. And, uh, he's, he's, if uh, it's true, give him my best. If it's not, don't bring me up. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not true. Okay, okay we didn't think so either. <laughs> <laughs> that that's amazing. Um, so, okay, I have to, I have to, I have so many questions about Transformers. <laughs> um, you did so many of the characters, let alone. Um, I, I don't even think if when anybody looks up your, your your bio that it even probably attests to how many characters. Because back then you had very few artists that had to do so many voices across because it was so much easier to have one vocal artist do multiple characters than it was to try to bring in multiple people to yeah. do multiple characters, correct? Well, they um, back then they would try to save money because they can, on one for one payment, they can get you to do three characters. Yeah, those bastards. So <laughs> a lot of us got jobs because they knew we could double and triple. Oh, okay. In other words, if a part was up for grabs and they were torn between two different actors and one of the actors could double and triple and the other couldn't, the guy who doubled and tripled would get the job. Ah, now, these days, they don't seem that concerned. Uh, maybe there's more money available. I don't know. but it's Or maybe awful. it's because they've worked with so many celebrities and most of them, you know, just don't do what we do when it comes to uh, being able to suddenly be the cop and the you know the guy in the grocery store and the yeah 
you know, the, 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 the incidental roles that they have to cover. Yes. So, and that's kind of funny that you bring up today's celebrities, because I was curious, have you seen the, the, the Transformer movies by Michael Bay? I'm uh, ashamed to say I have not. I, I should watch them. I should do my homework, but I just, I've never gotten around to doing it. Oh, okay. I, I was kind of curious how, what, what your take would be, because uh, they did get Peter Cullen, of course, to do Optimus Prime. Um, mm-hmm. but, uh, but outside of that, I just felt, especially the first one, I mean, I was as, as an adult and I heard that they were making this movie. I got so excited because I was thinking, oh, it's about time. My favorite show as a kid is now, is now making a movie. Mm-hmm. I gotta tell you, I was left disappointed, uh, because outside of Optimus Prime, it just didn't have the feel. And, and because, I mean, back in the cartoon day, they made the Autobots and the the Decepticons so distinctly different looking. Um, but when they made the movie, they the first scene when they start fighting, you can't tell what one's which because yeah. they they didn't really discern it too well because they just made it. Oh, it just looks like a car. <laughs> I'm still waiting for my He-Man remake. Uh, apparently, it's coming. Uh, really? Yep. Nice. Yeah. Well, I you know whenever they reboot something, they they usually change it dramatically yeah and if they don't then the critics say well it's just the same old thing but if they do change it then the fans go we hate this it's It's a lose-lose right i mean the truth is shut up critics it doesn't matter what you say we want the originals but remade (laughs) yeah just just same exact same episodes just better graphics yeah um, and what I say to people at conventions who talk about how they, in some instances, don't like these movies, I say, well, take a look at the box office grosses. He must be doing something. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, you know? I think when that first one came out, they there was so many disillusioned people like myself that were like, but I love the Transformers. I'm going to this movie. And they're like, ha ha, cha-ching. And, and I would probably say that the second time, the second movie box office probably wasn't nearly as high as the first one because... Of those diehard Transformers fans were like, now you lied to me the first time, Michael Bay. You know what, man? Like, do you remember Beast Wars? I loved it. So, so yeah. So a lot of people hated Beast Wars. Mm-hmm. I, it was like one of my favorite cartoons. Yeah. Like, well, kind of, I don't know. Mix, it was, it was, they mixed a little bit of 3D animation with the yep. cartoon. Yeah. So um, it's kind of, I guess it's all subjective. Yeah. In the end. It's true. So, um, so Neil, when, because you played... Uh, these characters. I mean, have you ever been approached to reprise any of these roles in in the in the newer versions? No, really. I'm not. I'm, I'm quite surprised. Um, well, again, you know, whenever there's a reboot, uh, generally speaking, they want to wipe the slate clean and start over. Yeah, yeah. And uh, they don't want anything from the old iteration. So I, you know, if I read that there's some sort of revival of GI Joe, I don't get all excited because I figure I'm the last guy they're going to contact. <laughs> well, that's that's uh, where they're wrong because that that was such a great character that they should bring him back, maybe, especially in the movies. Maybe they'll wisen up though because they did the opposite. Abrams did the opposite with the latest Star Wars saga, and yes. most of the praise was from bringing back the old elements. Yeah, it paid just enough homage to to the old the old films in this case. Yeah, that. It, it it was a bit of fan service, mm-hmm. and I mm-hmm. think bringing back a a, a a really good voice actor who did an original that be I think that'd be definitely fan service. Yep. So, so I guess the question well, from to, your from, from your lips to God's ears, but I'm not holding my breath. <laughs> <laughs> now, now if if they created something and came back with a new cartoon, would you consider the role if if they said we want to bring back like the Dinobots and and we need you. Oh sure, yeah, yeah, no problem. Excellent, cool. that's, that's sweet. That's good. So I have, I have hope. Are you, are you still in touch with uh, Peter Cullen or, or Frank Welker at all? You know, I see those guys uh, once in a while at at a, at a convention or uh, some sort of a gathering. We're all sort of uh, geographically spread out in the greater Los Angeles area. Okay. So it's not like I'm bumping into them at the grocery yeah. store, but I, you know, I run into them every now and then, and you wow. know, it's always great to see them. Well, if you if you ever run into either of them, I I would love to try to have 
all of you back to to create a uh, a Transformers based episode where we ask you you questions and and you answer as characters. <laughs> <laughs> the, the ultimate it nerd show. It would sell. Yeah, <laughs> let me tell you, people will be lined up for tickets. <laughs> <laughs> Tony, why aren't you wearing pants? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, that's true. Great. That's true. Well, Neil, I, I have a question for you. Um, we were we were doing some research as we typically like to, and <laughs> we noticed that uh, things kind of kick off with Spider-Man in '81. Um, what got you into doing, you know, the voice acting stuff? Like, how did you? How did you? How did you start? Well, I probably started when I was five or six years old because I just had this compulsion to imitate things that I heard on mostly on the radio. Okay. Uh, voices, accents, this kind of thing. And um, I sort of sublimated that, and I got into the radio business as a disc jockey, and I did that for about 20 years. Mm-hmm. But towards the end of my run in radio, I got involved in doing a radio comedy series in which I essentially played the entire supporting cast. Cool. Wow. That's, we that's we had awesome. a woman, and she obviously played all the women. And then my partner in crime was, played the lead, and I played everybody else. And I suddenly started thinking, I might be able to actually do this. And I would sit and watch the Saturday morning cartoons and listen to those people, and I couldn't decide if I was competitive or not one minute i'd think yeah i could do this and then two seconds later i'd think nah they'd throw me out in a heartbeat mm-hmm. and i was down in sandy san diego which is a lovely city but it's it's not exactly filled with uh, you know people who, who who could answer my question which was am i competitive or not you know they mm-hmm. had no frame of reference because they don't produce cartoons down there Anyway, eventually I discovered that this business called voiceover existed. In those days, it was a very well-kept secret. And I thought to myself, I've got to get into this business because it's, you know, I'm maybe using 30, 40% of my potential in radio, but the, the voiceovers would, would pretty much eat up everything. Yeah, get you know, you I'd there. have to put 100% in so I managed to wangle a job in Los Angeles on the radio, which paid the bills, and then I just started trying to break into voiceovers, and it took me eh, four or five years before I felt like I was truly in the business. Yeah, wow. That's amazing. And that was, that was the early 80s when you started to hear me. Yeah, that's really cool. Was there, was there any particular, you mentioned that um, you were imitating cartoons and, and things like that. Um, were there any particular cartoons that you would draw some of your, um, your, you know, some of the impressions that you like to do? Well, I didn't, I didn't, um, I didn't see very many cartoons when I was a kid. We didn't have a television set and they had some strange laws in Montreal about not letting children under 16 even go to movies Mm. because of a terrible fire that had happened in the forties. Okay. So it was mostly radio and a, a huge influence on me and not just me, many, many other people have cited this. It was a show called The Goon Show. The Goon Show. Which came out of England, the BBC. Okay. And they ran it in Canada. And goon doesn't mean in this country it means like a guy who breaks your leg because you didn't pay your gambling debts. But this in England it has a different meaning and so it, it, it would be more like the idiot show, if you like. Okay. Yep. It was brilliant, brilliantly written by a guy named Spike Milligan and featured another fellow named Harry Seacom and then a then unknown chap named Peter Sellers, ah. who, of course, later went on to become a huge movie star. Yeah. But uh, Sellers in particular was amazing. He must have done 15 to 20 characters in this show. And I I used to imitate the stuff that he was doing, uh, left, right, and center, or try to. And if you read up on the guys on in Monty Python and uh, the guys in um, oh uh, the Firesign Theater, if you're familiar with them, they will all you will see them all say that a huge influence on them was the goons. Oh, okay. It was a it was a really remarkable show, and you can find it online. Just put in the Goon Show, totally and something will come up. Yeah, yeah, that's really cool. And uh, and they're they're worth listening to because, as I say, Milligan was a genius, and and they the show it's hard to describe. You either get it or you don't. 
and I got it in faith. And that was a big, big influence on me. But I was just at the age where I heard the tail end of the golden age of radio. So, I mean, I could flip on my little radio in my room and hear dramas, comedies, uh, you name it. I, I often went yeah. to sleep listening to the old radio shows as a kid. I used to love that way. Oh, you yeah. Yeah, Green Hornet and, and some of the other ones that were on back then. It was all radio show. Yeah. The, the, you know, the truth of the matter is I would l- have loved to have been a radio actor. I think that would have been the job for me. Mm-hmm. And I, I did get to meet some of them when I started. They were still around when I first got into voiceovers. I would bump into some of these older guys and, and realize, oh, my God, uh, he was in the golden age of radio. And then I would start pumping him about how it worked and what went on. And it was fascinating. There was a, a guy named Vic Perrin I knew very well. And, oh, Lord, he was in everything. Well, uh, we, we got you on this box. podcast, so we're, we're getting you there. <laughs> Back in radio. <laughs> and, and I think I would have I think I would have loved that life. It it sounds it sounds just wonderful. <laughs> you know, I, I wish people and it truly when i when i when i'm younger or when i was younger i i look back and i truly feel it uh, was more of a almost a more romantic time uh period it, right like the thing on on radio you had to use your imagination so much more uh you had to tune in at a certain hour there was more kind of urgency to get home and and listen to these things and and now with everything on demand now with uh you know uh, downloading things i i feel that it's it's almost a bit of a Oversaturation. Well, no, it's 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 so the old way is is, is lost. It's just that romanticism is is gone yeah. of old radio, um, and it's unfortunate because I, I, I wish there was more. I think old radio is sort of making a, a strange comeback with podcasting. I think that there are people who are doing dramatic or comedic podcasts, and it's got to be kind of a similar thing to what went on during the golden age of radio. So maybe it's having a little bit of a renaissance. That's what we're hoping for, baby. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it, everybody. Yep. We're going to start doing old-time radio. Oh, this would be great. <laughs> if, yep, we, if we yep, start yep. doing an old-time radio show, we'll definitely call you up if you're interested. Oh, absolutely. I'm yeah. there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would definitely be. I'd like to bring this back. I really would. Sweet. It's so good. Um, so I do have a couple other, other questions. I mean, you, so a huge jump in, in the amount of shows. I mean, you have been doing voiceover for cartoons from like the 80s right up and well until the present day. And um, I mean, I, I remember looking back through uh, the list of, of some of the things that you've done. And, and uh, I mean, Dr. Doom, uh, Fing Fang Foom, uh, a lot of the Iron Man. I mean, you're literally in everything. And so many people just don't know it. And and that's one thing about the voiceover artist, because you're like the unsung hero of all these old shows. Yeah, it, 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 there's a guy named Mark Evanier who uh, has a blog. He's uh, he basically is a writer, but he also directs the animation. And he once said something. He said he thought voiceover people were folks who loved the work more than they loved the fame. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, once in a while, somebody breaks through. Everybody knows Nancy Cartwright mm-hmm. for doing uh, Bart Simpson. Yep. And thanks to the movies, people know about Peter Cullen. Mm-hmm. But most of us uh, tend to fly under the radar. and You know, it's... I'll go to a convention, especially one that's built around Transformers, and oh boy, I got people lined up at my booth and they <laughs> want to meet me. And they're, you know, it's great. It's almost yeah. it's like being a movie star for a weekend. Totally. But I know that all I need to do is walk out of that convention center and go two blocks in any direction, and I'm completely anonymous. It's kind of nice if you if yeah. you think about it. I mean. I feel like, I mean, one of the reasons why we do this podcast, it's it's not for fame. It, it's because we enjoy doing this. We enjoy talking with people and uh, and 
talking about these things. And it's, it's, I, I kind of know what you, you mean. I mean, we, we're not nearly as famous, let me tell you, but it, it's kind of nice that you're, you're, you can walk and, and feel like your, your professional life is one life and your home life is another life. And you don't have to ever worry about that, that boundary, get, boundary getting crossed. I I could never picture like just sitting down at a restaurant and just having people, you know, come up and, and, and you know what I mean? Like, I'm sure that that's probably really cool for like the first five minutes. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, but I could see that being the most annoying thing in the world eventually. So I just want to eat my pie. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yep. So I think you, I think you got a good, good gig, uh, Neil. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, I, I, I've sometimes thought to myself, well, what I've read is some celebrities have said it's great, but there's times you wish you could switch it off. But, of course, you can't. Mm-hmm. And you talked about the restaurant. Uh, yeah, but you're probably at the best table when it happens. That's true. Yeah, and, and, and you didn't have to wait in line outside. That's yeah. true. Yeah. Per- and <laughs> if you were anonymous, uh, you would have had to yeah. wait in line. I feel I, like I, I, Johnny Carson told a story on himself once because, of course, in the United States, he was hugely famous mm-hmm. for doing the Tonight Show. Yeah. But that show didn't air in England. No. So he and his wife go on a vacation to England and he's walking in the streets and nobody's coming up to him. He's completely anonymous. He's going, this is wonderful. <laughs> and then they want to have they want to have dinner and there's a big line in front of the restaurant and he's standing in line with his wife going, well, why isn't somebody coming out here and escorting me in? <laughs> and then he realized, no, you know, and he, and he realized, okay, it has its upsides and its downsides. Yeah. Thing, you know? Yeah. You can't have everything. Well, and I think it's, uh, I think these days are different too, because with social media, like it's, it's a fairly global phenomenon. So now people who, who were famous in a certain country, they they're getting a lot more limelight from everywhere. So, yeah. you know, and I think it, it, that might not, you know, for somebody like really, really famous, like Ryan Reynolds, yeah. like you see him going over to different countries to, to shoot films from or, uh, scenes and stuff from, to, from Deadpool. And there's like crowds and crowds of people. Right. Yeah. So, and it's just, I think just news and media in general travels so fast now. See, I, I feel well, like- sure. It was, it was a different time. And as I said, the tonight show just, they had never been shown in England. Yeah, so. yeah. <clears throat> they, these people had never heard of Johnny Carson. Yeah, but they happened to vacation in the states and catch the show. <laughs> it's true. I feel like this is where I, I kind of sit different from most people because um, a lot of the times, if I'm out somewhere, and I mean, oh, I don't know, like I, I, Ryan Reynolds. Well, maybe not Ryan Reynolds, but most people, like if you're famous and you're sitting right in front of me. I probably wouldn't notice the difference. I, I don't track people's faces that much, but voices I do. So yeah. so like if I was sitting in a restaurant and, and I was just like, what does it take to get a pie around here? I'd be like, oh, my God, Peter Cullen's here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right? So I, I, I guess – I don't know. Maybe it's because – when I work, I listen to things, and and I, if anything, like I could listen to a TV show and totally picture it in my mind, and it's probably just as good, if not better, than what's actually happening on the screen. Uh, but the voices were there, so I'll I'll recognize uh, artists based on their voices as opposed to seeing their face. And and like you said with radio too, it's there's a lot more to the imagination when you're when you're hearing a voice. Yeah, you you get to make your own assumptions of what they're doing and how they're portraying, you know, that, that character, which I think is really cool. Yeah. There's that unseen element for sure. So, yeah, I've always been very conscious of voices. Uh, maybe it was because in my formative years, as I said, it was just the radio. We didn't have a television, but, uh, God, you know, you think of certain people like Humphrey Bogart. Imagine Humphrey Bogart with a different voice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, wouldn't I, be the same. I don't, I don't think, I don't think you'd have a movie star anymore. No, I really don't. No, we were actually just talking. We were just talking about that like two nights ago, my wife and I. So, uh, specifically about Humphrey Bogart and and being able to pull his voice out of right that that iconic voice. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Um. So we have to ask you of of all these years of doing shows, what what has been your most favorite character to play 
Well, probably in retrospect, because they're both so popular, uh, Shipwrecked in G.I. Joe and Springer in Transformers. Okay. And and um, I'm trying to think if I'm giving anybody short shrift. <laughs> um, well, there was a character, I must tell you, uh, everybody's forgotten the show, but it, it was called Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah I remember that. And the story took place in the fictional town of San Zucchini, California, and they had a newsman in town, the only newsman in town, mm -hmm. and that was Whitley White. And the show was very cleverly written. And Whitley would frequently be on television as the anchor man and then throw it to himself in the field, you know. Oh, okay. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Nice. And I based I based that voice on a very bombastic newscaster that we had in Los Angeles years ago. And I just had a lot of fun playing Whitley White. <laughs> I doing, love it. Uh, so and they, they would write these long monologues, and uh, I would be chewing the scenery and just this close to cracking up. I never actually did, <laughs> but I would be skating along on very thin ice. Yeah, yeah, right <laughs> yeah. on. And I, cool. I, I just had a lot of fun playing Whitley, but sadly nobody remembers him. Wow. I have to ask, Poor like, fellow. did you ever do a did you ever do a character where you're just like it was just you? You know what I mean? Like you could just totally phone it in. <laughs> you're like you didn't have to do much for it. You're just kind of uh, it's your voice, pretty much. Because you have a you have a, a very unique voice yourself. Just you know, just talking to you now. So mm -hmm. this this is the radio announcer uh, voice, right? <laughs> it's it's very it's very hard for me to be objective about my voice, and I don't know what you know I. Been full uh, talking in the microphone since the age of eighteen, and I'm probably uh, I've turned into some hybrid uh, 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 creature who's become his voice in some <laughs> strange way. Yeah, there, there was a, there was a great guy. Uh, I don't know if you guys remember uh, Mark and Mindy. Yep. Oh yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. You remember the guy at the end of the show? You never saw him, but he was the leader of Mark's planet. And yeah. Yeah. To Mark. Yeah. Here's more. Oh, well, that was a guy named Ralph James. Okay. okay. And he used to he used to talk about certain disc jockeys and actors who had sort of become their their voice. Hmm. And he called them the throat people. The throat he people. He said, Oh, he's another one of the throat people. <laughs> <laughs> and I think I've become a throat person. I don't know. But cool. uh, yeah. I, I, I was about to go in a, in a direction. I forget where I was headed. What what, what was? I've, I've lost my train of well, thought. No, no, you were you were just kind of saying real. like um, I was just saying like was there? Oh, ever... you were you were asking you were asking did I ever get to play something that's more or less me? Yes. And I was gonna I was gonna quote uh, Jack Angel who said the most frightening direction I've ever gotten is just be yourself. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think part of the joy of acting is I I don't have to be me for a little while. I can be somebody else. Yeah, that's probably one of the reasons. And why I don't I love know what that dance. says. I don't know what that says about me. But I think that's uh, a great answer. Yeah, I think it's a great answer. Yeah. It's uh, you know, how many people can say they can get away, but it, it's like you just get away from yourself. I I would love to be able to just step out of out of my own character for a little bit and. Be someone else I mean, if you think about it, I've got over the years to commit an, an incredible number of felonies, and I've never done any time. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I got paid for it. You know, yeah. So, yeah it's very liber. It's very liberating. To, it it would to be play amazing. an evil character and do all sorts of scuzzy stuff, and there's no <laughs> no penalty at the end, no trial, no right? prison sentence. You, you just sign the contract and leave. I, I I love I've I've always loved the villains in in you know yeah the uh, the antagonists because I find if if you have a shitty villain, mm -hmm. I, I don't know it just oh it's not sellable you don't it, believe totally it. Yeah. totally so you have to be good yep. at what you're doing yep absolutely yeah. I mean, it'd be really funny to to just you know, <laughs> you pull off something with a mask, and then you you turn around and you're like, uh, he went that way, <laughs> yeah, in a completely different voice, right? Yeah, yeah you never get me. <laughs> <laughs>
Now, villains are very important. I mean, if you don't have a really good dragon, uh, the knight doesn't look that right. Great. Right. Yeah. Uh, and, and if you think about some of the, the best movies, uh, the villains have been magnificent. The, the original Dirty Harry, the guy who played the 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 the, 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 the killer in there, uh, forgotten his name. He was so real and so convincing. I, I I've never confirmed this, but I always had a feeling he screwed his career up. People thought that was him, and yeah. I, I think they were afraid to work with him. <laughs> well, he was wonderful. Neil, did, did, Neil, did you ever watch Game of Thrones? No, no, I've never seen that. Okay, so I'll, I'll just kind of—I'm sure you've heard of, heard about it at some point. So, oh yeah. So the evil, the evil kid, the kid that plays King Joffrey, um, mm-hmm. he was so good at that that role that he actually quit acting because people hated mm-hmm. him in real life. Oh, I hated him, mm-hmm. right? Because like, he's just so little snot he was just so punk. good. <laughs> yeah. He's so good. He had to stop. Yeah. So he went, I think he went back to school or something, and yeah, it was probably a good choice. But holy moly, yeah. like that's crazy. Actually, even but even good good you know antagonists in voice work. Like um, one of the most iconic ones that I can think of is um, when Hamill did Joker. Ah, oh, yeah. You know that's a yeah. re- that's a that was a really good Mark Hamill's Joker is still one of the best Joker. I think it mind. is. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, he's really amazing. I um, I actually. Read for that part, really? Well, no, I feel they... terrible. Good <laughs> <laughs> no, no. job, Matt. You jerk. <laughs> it, it, it worked out. It worked out fine because uh, you know I read for it, and then they said, "Well, they gave it to Mark Hamill," and I'd never met Mark. I'd never seen him work. I didn't, and I thought, "Oh, another star casting," <laughs> yeah. you know. And and then I got the Green Goblin, and I went in there and I start working with Mark. Yep. And I'm what I'm hearing what he's doing, and I'm just I was flabbergasted. I had no idea he had that kind of range. Yeah, yeah. But you know, all I knew was this guy I'd seen in in Star Wars. Yep, yep. But uh, pleasant surprise. He started letting letting it rip in the studio, and I thought, well, of course they cast him. He was much better than I was. <laughs> well, now I want to know how would you? Have yeah, done I was the just Joker? thinking that. I was going to ask that. Yeah. Yeah, it's so long ago. (laughs) We'll never know. Oh, (laughs) Neil, come on. You got got me on pins and needles now. (laughs) (laughs) Damn. (laughs) It'd be funny if he was just like, hi, I'm the Joker. Yeah. (laughs) And just Uh, totally messes you up. (laughs) Uh, Don't do that to me. (laughs) Yeah, I I think I did something that sounded like Tallulah Bankhead. I can't remember. You guys don't even know Tallulah Bankhead. No, no. No, That's part of the problem with getting old. Nobody gets your references anymore. You damn kids (laughs) and your techno music. Dude, I feel feel that way every day with my kids. Yeah. Yeah. I actually find myself turning into like Hans Molman the older I get. (laughs) (laughs) Right? It's like, P-Q- Question mark, <laughs> smiley face. <laughs> what was that, son? <laughs> oh, yeah, man. No, one of the, one of these days. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, 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 I feel like as a voiceover person, I could have a lot of fun, at least ordering food on like from restaurants. Well, you. You've right? done a little bit of stuff on the side, <laughs> right? You've done a yeah, little. Yeah, but Tony's it, actually done but, a little bit. Amateur, of course. Yeah, but. my God. <laughs> that amateur porn career is coming up quickly. No, I, yeah. <laughs> I joke, I joke. Nobody wants to see that. <laughs> oh. But, um, no, it, I, I've got to tell you, I feel personally like you're you're definitely like the stuntman of, of the, the voice industry. You, you guys... Um, never get nearly as much come up as as you should. And uh, I love the fact that my kids watch cartoons. And, uh, you know, if I'm working in the kitchen or if I'm working in in the living room and I hear them, like, I always eventually drift over. I'll I'll hear a character, someone who's doing such a great job, that I'm like, wow, I got to sit down and, and, and what are they watching? This person sounds fantastic. And um, then, then I find my catching. I'm like finding a, who they play or who played them, and then I look them up on IMDb to be like, "How old is this person?" So yeah. it, it uh, I guess it's one of those like so many people could listen to it and and just never think of it. And me, I'm more intrigued by people who do voice work than than I am actors, like the, the, your average starstruck actors. Yep, totally. Yep, totally agree. 
Yeah, I've always kind of been that way too. It, um, you're, you're kind of a voice detective. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's like I, I, this is an obscure reference, but listen, I listen to the old time radio channel on uh, on Sirius XM, mm-hmm. and I start spotting actors who dubbed uh, Clint Eastwood's Spaghetti Western. Yep, yep. Is that, is that weird? And then I'm thinking, well, of course, they were still around and they needed work. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, but it, it's so funny to, to, to hear them in an old uh, cop show on radio and you realize, oh, that was the guy who played the right, you know, yeah. the, 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 the sheriff or whatever. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, under, I completely understand. It, it's Once you get sort of hung up on that, it's fascinating. Do you happen to know what XM station that is? <laughs> I wonder if we get it up here. Um, I forgot. I always forget the channel numbers. I think it's one eighteen, but I'm okay. not positive. Yeah, uh, it's in the hundreds, so I'll have to I'll have to go spin in and check. Yeah, it. yeah. yeah. I, I definitely. But I'm sure you, you can. I'm sure you can find it with, with little or no trouble. Yeah. And mm-hmm. uh, good old yeah, Google. I still listen to those things to this day. I enjoy them. Well, that's amazing. Wonderful. So, um, do do you have any social media or uh, or um, things that you that you'd like to pitch right now? Things you're working on. Well, the the one thing I would like to mention is my book. Yes, oh, yes. If I, if I may. That's right. I'm sorry. <laughs> I got Absolutely. so so thinking. I'm like, wait, he's done a book. That's yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. Please tell us more about your book. So I am I am on Facebook, but. Uh, my book is called Vocal Recall, A Life in Radio and Voiceovers. And I pretty much tell my whole sad uh, story from birth to just about now. Okay. And it's uh, all kinds of stories about uh, the voice business, the people I ran into, the things that happened to me, and how I got in the business and all these kinds of things. Plus, it goes over my radio career, if anybody's interested in that. I feel like it would be and, a, uh, a great roller coaster. You can find it, you can find it on uh, Amazon. Mm-hmm. You can find it on Audible. Yep. Uh, the simplest way is to go to a website I created for the book, which is cleverly called neilbook.com, N-E-I-L book, B-O-O-K dot com. Wonderful. And... Uh, so anybody who wants to uh, get a copy of the book, you know what to do. For sure. And as I said, I'm on I'm on Facebook, and that's about it. I'm kind of a Lud- luddite when it comes to uh, all this all this newfangled uh, what what do you call it with your interwebs. <laughs> uh, do Do you um? I, I have to ask you for the audible. Do you narrate it yourself? Uh, yes, I did. Oh, I done. It's sold. Highly... <laughs> yeah, it's done. sold. I'm getting it. <laughs> I, I won a highly competitive audition for that part. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I would have loved if you actually held auditions and like, screw y'all, I'm doing it myself. <laughs> you guys are shit. <laughs> you guys are the worst me ever. <laughs> I'm the better the me. <laughs> uh, that's great. Well, I, I'm and I got it. I got to tell you, that's probably the first and last book I'll ever read. These people who do books on tape or whatever they're calling them now—that's work. Oh yes. yeah, I mean, a lot of I mean, a I lot of editing. I wrote the thing, and it's about me, and uh, it was still a slog. I almost fired myself three <laughs> times. <laughs> Uh, that, that's not how I said it. <laughs> I got to do it again. <laughs> yep. Yeah. yeah, it's a lot of a lot of work, a lot of editing. Uh, nobody tells you that like a twenty hour book turns out to be one hundred and twenty hours worth of vocal work. <laughs> yeah, Tony. Tony actually did a little bit of uh, of narration, and, yeah, and yeah. Uh, so he he would actually know. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's too much work. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I want to sign. How do you sign an e-copy of a book? Right, I would love to have one. Yes. So, yeah. Can we fax you a napkin? <laughs> well, I have I have book plates. So if you send me a mailing address, 
I can sign a book plate and send it to oh, you. Oh, we would love Ooh, that. that. We would love great. that, Neil. Yeah. That's so Then kind. you can stick it on the book or stick it on your forehead, whatever you want. Yeah. <laughs> it might happen to both. <laughs> yeah. I want, I want two plates. <laughs> yeah, maybe we'll do it and we'll post right? it on your Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll definitely post it on ours. Just like uh, if anybody was driving and listening to the show and uh, they didn't have a chance to check out those websites, we'll make sure we post it up on our guest page. So we can uh, we can even direct link right to uh, your place, uh, right to your page, so people can purchase the book right from you, uh, as well as the audible link and your Facebook link. And uh, I'll definitely say I'm I'm interested. And and if you narrate yourself, I, I'm I'm sold. totally yeah I'm sold. I'll, I'll be picking that up off audible for sure. Guess who's riding my car for the next few days? <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Wonderful. Well, Neil, I really appreciate your time. Um, I'd love to, to hear more about the book and uh, and how things are going with the book. So maybe we can circle back around you later in this year and, and uh, have you back on the show at some point. Uh, that would be fine. Let's do it. That'd be wonderful. And uh, and if we ever come up with that old-time radio podcast, like, you're the first person I'm calling. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. All right. <laughs> wonderful. Me I will. <laughs> Excellent. Well, thank you very much. Uh, have yourself a wonderful day. I'll do my best. Thanks. Take care. Daniel. So this is a good time for us to pitch our social media. You could get us on our website. Thefap.ca. On uh, Twitter. Is Thefap4. You can get us on Instagram. Is Thefap Podcast. Don't forget our Facebook. The Freaking Awesome Podcast. And uh, you can always reach out via email. Thefappodcast at gmail.com. I'm on the air, we on the air, we got this pocket. Ah, uh, oh, not again. Wicked sweet. <laughs>